sex, and the Sarah Rose story. Sarah, what's your story? I am very excited today, Glenn, to be talking about uh, the multi-orgasmic man and how men can really actually be multi-orgasmic, how they can uh, have orgasms without ejaculating, how they can have full body orgasms, and all the amazingness that is possible for men when it comes to their sexuality. Akin to women's sexual experience. Well, yeah, I mean, of course, we're, we're still different, but we're very much the same. Um, actually, like, the sex organs in utero, they all begin as the same. And then at one point, um, you know, they start to they change into male or female sex organs. But there is a lot of similarity. The basis of, of what we have is, is the same. Well, something that is not the same today, although it is quite sexy, is your voice. Your voice is <laughs> your voice is always sexy, but it's like it seems like it's been turned up a notch, a little, little rasp, a little hoarseness. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 anything? Are you feeling all right? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely. I feel fine. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't know why it's like lasting this long. Um, but. But yeah, I mean, this weekend, I I was teaching on Saturday and did a four-hour course, and like, I definitely was kind of feeling it, but I mean, that's a long time to talk four hours straight, <laughs> and so I was just like, all right, no problem, and then like, I got straight in the car, drove to Dallas, and I was blasting Nicki Minaj for the whole three-hour drive, and singing along to Nikki's songs uh and then when I got there there was like a big fight happening that I was there to watch and so it was super loud um and it was great I had so much fun uh but literally like by um the end of the night which ended in some epic deep throating <laughs> i didn't have a voice and i still don't have a voice so i don't know here we are several days later and i'm like okay let me get this picture here for a second four <laughs> hours of coaching and teaching Mm-hmm. Was that just you for sh- four straight hours without stopping? No questions, no breaks, nothing? Well, I did do 10-minute breaks each hour. So, yeah, I took a 10-minute break so I could, like, get up and go pee and drink some water. Uh, but, yeah, it was pretty much just me talking, leading, tr- leading practices, uh, it was a, a video, um, like a, a webinar. And so guys were typing in questions that they had for me, but yeah, I was just like literally talking. So, <laughs> for you, fucking hours. so you had, <laughs> you had to not only coach, answer the questions, but you were also asking the questions. I was well. Yeah, I was asking. You were reading I, the you were you were reading the questions the guys were asking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh well, clearly you need me for the next four hour seminar <laughs> to to do that at least. Jesus. Right. So then, okay, so you do that. That's that's on a Saturday. Then you get in your vehicle, and how long was the drive to Dallas? 
is three hours. So, so you're literally, screaming. I ended the class at <laughs> four. I was in my car by four fifteen. So because the the main card started by at eight o'clock, um, and there was there was a. Uh, someone in the undercard that I really wanted to watch too. And I was hoping to get there for his fight, but I definitely did not want to miss any of the main card. And so like I was in the car by four fifteen. It's a three hour drive parked, got my badge and I was in the building by seven 30. So <laughs> spending three hours jamming and singing Nicki Minaj songs all the way to Dallas. <laughs> Yeah, okay, and then, then, you're, then you're in a fight, and, and one can only imagine uh, Sarah Rose at a jiu-jitsu and, or MMA, whatever it was, match. You're not sitting there quietly, I'm sure, during that issue. <laughs> it was jujitsu, not MMA. Uh, and yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty loud in there. It was a really, like, they did a great job. I was really impressed with the venue and everything that they did. So, so you're, not, you're not sitting there mute is what I'm saying. No, definitely not sitting there mute. Um, I was in one like a nice suite, which was awesome because I was like looking right over uh, the guys when they were competing and I <laughs> had the perfect view, <laughs> which made me so happy. I was like, this is, um, I wrote on Instagram, like, this is Sarah Rose heaven, <laughs> like all the testosterone in this room. <laughs> all right. So at what, what time is the, uh, the final uh, fight of the night and what time do you get out of there by? Uh, I want to. I want to say we. The last one was done around eleven. All right, and so we're. And then, what time did you get to your destination? Uh, so I got there at seven thirty. No, but no, no, but but the, your destination after the fight. Oh uh, well, after the fight, then like you know, there was some like hanging out, like going um, out for drinks and stuff, and then which again, um, which again, I'm sure that you weren't talking of that at all either. <laughs> And it was so loud in the bar. At what point is uh, the gentleman's penis down your throat in a deep throat situation? Is it, yeah. it's two, two, uh, two o'clock in the morning? What, what, probably, what? yeah, probably around two. So almost 12 hours from the time you started the four hours coaching you're now deep throating i think it's incredible that you have any voice at all right now frankly coach <laughs> well i mean it has been several days so <laughs> i really got myself good this time <laughs> sounds like you got the guy good too tell us tell us about that how that all happened oh man it was amazing like literally probably one of my favorite blowjobs I've ever given you know Case my gay husband he got the uh, the play by play the next morning <laughs> I sent him a text I was like you would be so proud of me <laughs> That's how it started out he's like oh my god what did you do and so like I mean yeah it was just it was really good so um also, also, like, I guess my favorite part of it was, like, when I was ready for him to come. So, it had already been, like, you know, sucking his cock and deep throating. And, I like, when I was, like, so when I deep throat, I usually come myself. Um, like, my pussy squirts, I'll ejaculate. Uh, and, like, you know, it makes me have an orgasm just by having the, the cock down my throat. So... Like, I was already, like, good. You know, I didn't need 
anything else. And I was ready for him to come. And, like, he was ready. And so, like, I had my hand on his cock and I was, like, jerking him off. Wait, wait. You, you, then, you, cut, you cut out what? there. You cut out there for a second. You had your hand what? Oh, I had it. I had my hand on his cock and it was, I was, like, jerking him off. But I also had my tongue at the same time, like, on the underside of his shaft and so like he had the sensation of both my tongue and my hand and my mouth was open so like when he came it was like all the all of his um ejaculate went on to my tongue but it was like dripping out and i was still um you know like had my hand stroking him and so it was like dripping down onto his balls and so then i started like licking it up off of his balls while i finished him with my hand and oh my god it tasted so good and it was like yeah i, I was in heaven i hope he enjoyed it <laughs> i really liked it so yeah that, that one made me smile it's making um, uh, many of us more than smile right now. <laughs> what information did you give your gay husband, Case Erickson, that you have left out uh, to your very loyal and growing audience? Um, I don't think anything. I think I gave you the full scoop. <laughs> and other than what you described, why else was it the favorite fellatio that you had ever given? thus far at least time. well i mean i can't i can't say it's like my top my favorite well ever, one, one of I, your one of but your I favorites mean, it's definitely like been one of my favorites in a while um yeah so i what else made it really good i think like i just really wanted him for one um you know like i was definitely really into it and that makes a big difference clearly because if you're not like really into the other person then it just isn't as good no matter what um, had you so. had you been with this guy before? Uh, no. Uh -uh. So you you were you were pumped too because you wanted to uh, to impress as well probably a lot of adrenaline going there if you, if you were into him. Yeah, I mean I've def I mean I've been with other guys and it was like the first time though and it wasn't like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as into it. was 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 the young man circumcised or was he uh, uncircumcised? Uh, yeah, circumcised. Circumcised. In your experience, does that make a difference whether a guy, a guy is cut or not? Well, I mean, it makes a difference mostly like in his sensitivity. Guys that are uncircumcised uh, tend to be more sensitive. So, um, but like, I'm pretty good at gauging a guy's sensitivity at this point, you know, like, and being like based on their age or whether or not they're circumcised or, or just like noticing how they're reacting as to like how much pressure, how much sensitivity I should be using. How was his reaction after the fact? Uh, it's just like, he was just really happy. He's just like told me I was going to spoil him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, was was like, was, was he was he, was he particularly well hung this uh, circumcised fellow? Uh, yes, mm -hmm. yes. And what what is the difference other than um, obviously the ability to deep throat? Uh, obviously, a guy who is you know more average or even on the small side versus somebody that's large. What's the key to deep throating? 
Um, I'm sorry, you cut out a second there. What was the first part of that? I, I said, what's the difference between uh, deep-throating a guy who is over-average in his size versus somebody that is more average or under-average? And uh, what, what is the, uh, the, t the most important aspect of deep-throating in general? Uh, so it's basically like learning how to breathe with the cock down your throat is the most important part and then relaxing your throat. So, um, like I don't mind the gag reflex. I definitely have a gag reflex. It's not like a really bad one. Um, you know, I can have like a dick down in there really deep. Um, but it's, like, I don't know, it kind of turns me on. It's like when I start gagging is when my pussy starts squirting. So, like, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> um, so, I don't know, some people, I guess, don't like it. But I think it's actually pretty hot. Um, and But as far as size goes, um, I mean, there's kind of like a happy medium with it. Like, if a, if a dick is, like, on the smaller side, then it might be a little more difficult to like get all the way back there but then if it's really big then it can be really hard to breathe and you have to be like more careful as far as teeth go <laughs> and all that so there's more to think about um but like you know there's like a middle ground where it's like it all just kind of fits more easily together yeah i just interviewed a woman on sex in the pews that sells uh pleasure packages basically and uh sex toys and stuff and they have a an ointment now or some sort of lozenge uh to put to help with the gag reflex because her point was a lot of women don't want to give head at all let alone deep throat because they're concerned about gagging the gag reflex but what you're saying is you actually enjoy it and by the way most fellas enjoy that sound because we think oh look at us we're making her gag what, what we're, we're really idiots aren't we <laughs> Well, no, and it, it's like the, the gagging makes the contraction of, like, the back of the throat around the cock. And so that's when, like, that's when a guy's going to feel more sensation, right? Because, like, the gagging makes it, uh, makes the back of the throat contract. And that contraction, I would assume, feels good. Uh, did you, did he ever penetrate you besides down your throat? No, mm -mm. and 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 not the next day, or that or that was it, one and done. Yeah, it was done. <laughs> well, you know, there's there's obviously some potential uh, issues, and maybe a little damaging of the uh, vocal cords was one of them. But sounds like it was well worth it. It was definitely well worth it. Yeah, I enjoyed myself immensely. <laughs> Well, I hope you, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy this rendition of Storytime with Sarah. <laughs> now, you sound great, and, uh, you know, as always, thank you uh, for sharing your story uh, with the uh, folks across the planet. And I hope you guys are telling uh, your friends about sex and the Sarah Rose story, because that's how the podcast grows. We've already had great response. And uh, the information's getting out there. Uh, the entertainment get, is getting out there. The, frankly, the inspiration is getting out there. A lot of women listen to this show, Sarah, because you inspire them. And then they have to step up because they under Well, seriously, they have to uh, step up their game as their guys are stepping up their game. We've talked about the competitive element of sex, 
But if everybody is tweaking their situation, it just redounds to the benefit of whoever's involved. Yeah, I mean, we all deserve to have better sex, right? Like, I mean, even like in this situation, like, I mean, I was so satisfied. Like, I, you asked, like, did he penetrate me in any other way? Like, I wasn't even looking for that, you know? Like, I was totally like, that's exactly what needed to be done. That's all I wanted. Um, and so, like, it was perfect. And, but, like, I, I will say that I'm pretty good at what I do. When it we know this. We know this. How, how, how long from the beginning of the blowjob till his semen was uh, dripping down your face and down the shaft of his cock and onto his balls? See, I'm, I'm a very good listener, aren't I? Uh, you are. From, from, uh, from the beginning until that moment, how many minutes do you think that, the, that it was? I, I honestly have no idea, like, because after that, like, I just passed out. And I, I bet don't you even, did. I don't know what time but it I mean, was what, or anything. Was, was it under or over a half an hour, if you had to say? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. What's the longest? Really, it was what's, like, I feel like I was just, like, in a time warp. What's the longest blowjob by time, if you had to say, that you've ever given? Uh, longest blowjob. Mm, I don't know, maybe like, I mean, including like not just sucking, but like hands, like, you know, going back and forth between like the deep throating, sucking, using my hands, like probably like an hour. Yeah, that's, that's a good uh, 60 minutes for sure. Uh, in fact, I mean, that would be a good name for a TV show. <laughs> 60 minutes with Sarah Rose story. Uh, so the tantric that you teach guys, and that can obviously be influencing their women, how much does that come into play when, for example, a guy is receiving that kind of quality head? So it will help him be able to have, like, if I knows how to move his energy, if he's done such uh, tantric practices, then he can have that type of experience and be able to um, have full body orgasms during it or, you know, not ejaculate if he wants to you know just let the keep going um or allow himself to keep edging uh before ejaculating so that it becomes more and more intense when he actually does ejaculate so there's a lot of ways that it impacts it which ties nicely uh into today's uh story uh, the general topic of multi-orgasmic men when you describe men as multi-orgasmic. Does that mean they're ejaculating multiple times in any given session? Uh, not usually. Typically, if guys are you know 25 or older, I'm being able to ejaculate more than once. Um, it can feel depleting on their bodies. So in order to, and of course, every guy is going to be different. Um, it's not definitely not for every man, but most of the time, like by the time guys are that age, um, their bodies are starting to change. And so in order to have multiple orgasms and still feel good, um, then it's typically without ejaculating. So how do you start the process? So I teach guys first and foremost, um, how to do deep breathing. So like being able to really uh, do deep belly breathing is an, an important aspect of it because that, that breath, 
um, keeps their keeps them relaxed. Uh, and so, uh, what happens like orgasm or ejaculation typically happens when there's like um, contraction, when there's a lot of um, pent up energy in in that area of the body in the sex center. And so, uh, the deep belly breathing helps to keep that area relaxed, so they don't feel like they have to ejaculate. Um, and it's the, it starts to disperse the sexual energy throughout their entire body. Uh, so, and then coupling that with sounding. So like really learning how to allow that part of their body to make sounds. So like actually feeling like their pelvis, um, is making noise, like not that you're in your head thinking about this is the kind of sound that my pelvis wants to make, but allowing the pelvis, like if it had a mouth, what would your pelvis be? What kind of noise would it be making? And then the same thing with their, their penis, like what kind of sound would your penis be making right now? And allowing, um, you know, those sounds to come out. So, uh, and what that does is it helps to uh, break through like the cortical control blocks that we have um, that often inhibit us during sex uh, and it allows for the free flow of energy throughout the body and that's how they're able to start having uh, full body orgasms as well how freaked out are guys the first time they experience it i don't think they're usually freaked out they're usually like whoa that's pretty fucking awesome <laughs> Especially if they've been working towards it. Like sometimes it does happen spontaneously. And, you know, when it happens spontaneously, I'll have guys message me and they're like, I don't know how this happened to me, but it did, you know, <laughs> and they're maybe a little bit more freaked out. Um, but I mean, not crazy freaked out, just more like, whoa, that's really awesome. But how, how did that happen? <laughs> how would it happen without the information? Well, just same thing, you know, if they were like just. It, using their breath naturally or like sounding naturally you know some some guys they haven't they're not shut down in that way like i mean i talk to guys all the time and some of them like they've never practiced tantra before and they just naturally like use their breath and use the use sound um to facilitate and during sex not even realizing that you know it's tantric practices because i mean the stuff that i teach while i call it tantra and it is tantric sex practices it's tools that we all have breath sound focus movement like these are universal right these aren't like some mystical woo-woo things that only the spiritual people have <laughs> we all have these available to us in our own natural bodies uh so you don't have to, you know, be like some quote, like highly evolved spiritual person or something to like be able to have full body orgasms. It's something that we can all do. Sometimes uh, women will squirt spontaneously as opposed to working towards it. Of course, that's the squirting thing has always been there, but it's certainly come into vogue because of the internet and porn. And it's a wonderful experience. Some women will feel pressure to have that and really have a hard time achieving that moment. How do you balance the pressure to for a guy who's working towards a multi-orgasmic experience to say, hey, don't worry about it. It'll happen when it happens. 
Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. It's like there's definitely the balance of implementing the techniques and then just being in a state of relaxation and surrender. And so I think it's, um, you know, if you look at sports, you're going you're gonna to train for the big game. But when those high-level athletes are out there in the big game, they're just in their body. They're in the flow of it, right? They're not out there training anymore. And so, you know, they've switched over into just letting, letting what they, all the training they've done take over. And so you can think about it in the same way. Um, but I, you know, there can be definitely some, you know, like overthinking that can actually inhibit, um, what you're trying to happen, have happen because, the full body orgasm happens in the state of surrender, <laughs> right? So if you're like overthinking it, there's not surrender there. Um, but the open mouth inhale and exhale uh, really does help facilitate the surrender. And so does the, uh, the sounding. Those are two really important components of it. Um, but like usually what guys find in, uh, in the beginning when they start the practice is there's like these, uh, shivery feelings that they have. And then as they keep working with it, um, they'll learn to feel that turn on through their whole body and in their head. And I teach them how to cycle this turn on through their entire system. Um, and it activates the whole body, hence the, the name tantric activation. <laughs> so, but what happens is like they start to feel this full body expansion. Um, and it's like, you can go into these really powerful trance states. Uh, you can feel oneness like with yourself or with your lover or with the whole universe. Uh, and it's like, it's just amazing when you're e either with yourself or with a lover, but like just to be able to go into these altered states of consciousness and you don't have to use drugs or any type of substance you're like literally just using your own breath and like cycling this energy through your body to get to those states guys who are with women who are multi-orgasmic typically of course it will be with with a guy that is very familiar with uh, the woman with his partner or just a woman who's lucky enough to have her clitoris getting contact at every uh moment of penetration and they will have orgasm after orgasm after orgasm that's that's the exception not the rule but i've been with women who have had you know 10 12 orgasms in 15 minutes just and and and, and dozens in an hour it's an incredible experience once a guy is trained in multi-orgasmic technique and perspective what would be a reasonable number of experiences and releases that he would have during the course of any given, let's say, hour or so? So I think there's a couple of different things there. So in particular, like starting with women that or multi-orgasmic so like i can have i can have just regular conventional sex and have you know several orgasms and it feels really really great and that is a 
different experience though than the tantric trance states that I'm talking about that are like facilitated by the breath and the sound and all of that. So it's definitely a different experience from just having, you know, because like I could pull, pull out a vibrator and have like 50 orgasms in, you know, 10 minutes or something. No, 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 <laughs> like, no, 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 hold yeah. on, no, hold on. What? How many, how many, if you had a vibrator, how many orgasms just, can I say the good old fashioned kind of orgasms? How many orgasms could you have in 10 minutes with your own vibrator? Seriously. So I don't use a vibrator anymore. Um, but because like I'm super sensitive now because of not using one for so long, uh, I mean, I could probably have like 50 in like 10 minutes. Seriously. What would that be? I'm not very good at math. If you have, I don't know. if you have, well, so, well, if you had, if you had a hundred in ten minutes, that'd be ten a minute. Okay, so, so let's say like every what, like every twenty seconds. Jesus. So what would that be like? Three in a minute. So maybe more like thirty. Thirty instead of fifty. I bet that would heal your throat, your voice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all right, so we're we're talking about the the full body tantric experience. Uh, I'm, you know, I know that you're not in numbers and shit like that. But if a guy is in that flow, is that is he going to have it multiple times in an hour or multiple times in ten minutes? How, what what is a, uh, a a reasonable understanding of the process for somebody that's hearing this for the first time, for example? Yeah, so. It's like, I mean, it's going to be different for every person, right? But like, it could be that the entire time you're having sex is just like one full orgasm. So it doesn't have to be like, typically when we think about orgasms in the conventional sex, conventional way, it's about these peak ejaculatory orgasms but there's so many other ways to experience orgasm and women know this better than men do because the, these are the types of orgasms that women experience whereas guys most of the time are just having the peak ejaculatory orgasms but <clears throat> excuse me um but yeah guys like can have um valley orgasms so it's like a sustained orgasm it's not like a peak one instead is like a valley orgasm all right and so it's like in that space of like just opening themselves up um being able to experience surrender and pleasure like in the whole experience and i mean i've had sex with guys who the in i mean like i've been in i remember one time i was like on top i was riding him for an hour and he was just orgasming the entire hour so you know it's it's hard to say like oh it's gonna be like oh 10 times in in 10 minutes or whatever you know because everyone's experience is going to be different but like he was massively orgasming the entire hour so that's the kind of thing is possible. Did he ever not? Mm, I mean, that guy like sometimes, but not always. So he's experiencing an orgasmic river of experience, if you will, a, a river of orgasm mm -hmm. without ejaculating and without getting soft. Yeah. Okay, gentlemen. 
tantricactivation.com. <laughs> That's where, <laughs> Jesus. Get on man on fire. <laughs> Get on that man on fire. Get in it. You it bet will change you. your fucking life. I mean, like, <laughs> sex is great. I fucking love sex, right? Like, I love it. Really? We, knew, we, we did not so know that about you. Just to, you know, have a few orgasms and, like, it's a great experience. But once you have tantric sex and, like, go into, like, these incredible states where you, like, literally feel like you're parts of your body and brain are awakening in a way that they've never had that your your brain is activated during sex like it's just so profound that it's actually life-changing and it's not even sex i mean you're using like sex is like a part of a way to get there right but tantric sex is so completely different than sex <laughs> are you speechless <laughs> i'm experiencing a full body I've, orgasm I've, right now i've never had glenn speechless before <laughs> well you'll never be able to say that again what i said well you'll never be able to say that again <laughs> right <laughs> it's completely different it's an, it is all right, all right give, give us a good metaphor or a good analogy what it would be like okay so if tantric sex is the ocean, um, <laughs> what do I want to compare conventional sex to? Conventional sex is like, um, I don't know, the water coming out of your sink. <laughs> there you go. Jesus. Right? But, but I'm, I mean, but, but you love the water that's coming out of your sink. You're grateful for that fucking water. It's there for you every day. I don't day. love the water out of but my like, sink so When much. you're in the power of the ocean, you will never forget it. I don't love uh, the water out of my sink that much. I do. I mean, well, I don't, anytime, I don't, I don't, anytime I don't. there's like some sort of thing and there's an issue with the water in my sink, I really fucking love the water that comes out of my sink. I'm so grateful that I live in America <laughs> and I'm so America. blessed to just be able to turn on a fucking faucet. You I, know? I, I understand, like, <laughs> but I, I, th I think you're missing the point, my, my metaphor, <laughs> my analogy. There's a lot of guys that are not enjoying the water coming out of their sink, even though they get some water out of there. You know what I'm saying? So you're all right. So that's good. A water out of the faucet versus the vast oceans. That's okay. The magnificence of the ocean all being right. carried away, taken away the power of the ocean. Just how like awe inspiring it is. How you just, I mean, I don't know if you've like surfed before, but like being out there and just knowing that the ocean is in control right <laughs> like you're no longer in control out there and you're just like you're in it you're in the power of it so it's obviously a lot of people who have not never been trained in tantric or by tantric activation or by coach sarah rose have experienced mind-blowing sex uh and you mentioned earlier that we have these tools accessible to us without being you know spiritual hippie woos too oh yeah so, for sure. so i w would it be fair to say that you know either people and guys specifically who are not satisfied with the water coming out of their faucet or uh really have never experienced mind-blowing sex could say you, this this is capable for you guys without having to be like you know go to a ashram in india or somewhere Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, you definitely, like, this is just 
these are just tools and you just basically train your nervous system to go into an overwhelming state of pleasure where there's like release and expansion and ecstasy uh, without always feeling like you need to ejaculate. Uh, so um, like for guys that are listening to this, train yourself to go to the edge of ejaculation repeatedly, like in a sex stallion training, there's a whole week that I devote to edging. And it's like when you get to, when you get close to the edge of your orgasm cliff, when you feel like you're going to ejaculate, fall back into a relaxed and surrendered state of orgasm without ejaculating. So it's a, there's a step-by-step process that I lead through guys through so that they can, you know, begin to really notice where that cliff is for them um, and become really aware of the process in their own body so they can master it. But it's absolutely something that every guy can learn how to do. Sometimes guys get around uh, women uh, who consider themselves spiritual masters or are spiritual woo-woo type people, and they have a tendency of putting their guys down or, or, or shaming their men uh, who aren't so spiritual. How should a guy deal with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's just such bullshit, and I hate it when that happens. I, I don't know. It's like a weird thing because I feel like there are a lot of women that are doing that, you know, kind of putting themselves up on a pedestal, like they're better than the guy they're with. They're more spiritual um, because they, you know, want to do spiritual practices, things that they consider spiritual practices. And maybe the guy they're with isn't really interested in it. And so like shame him and bully him and, um, that's just going to make a guy shut down even more. Um, and a lot of times they're the women, maybe they're coming at it, not even from a place of wanting to experience it with the guy that they're with, but like almost like using him for, uh, as like a tool in, in what they, their, their spiritual process, right? Like, and like, why, why won't, won't you come in and like, be what I want you to be. And that's not spiritual at all. I mean, I kind of hate the word spiritual. Honestly, I'm just like (laughs) over spirituality and all the stuff. Like we're just humans here doing our best. And um, I'm just hoping I can do my part to make everybody help, help everybody have better sex while we're here doing our best. Um, But like, yeah, it just, it does, and and I heard this a lot when I was coaching women, um, women talking about like, you know, oh, we're here, we're doing all these practices and like, why are there no guys that will do this with us? And then when I started coaching guys, like I would hear the other side of the story from men and, you know, a lot of them definitely they want deep connection they want deep intimacy with their partner like they want to feel like she's or he's the best lover she's ever had um and they just feel like they're being blocked out like there's the woman that they're with isn't really open and receptive to it you know and so 
there's just a lot of healing for all of us to do. And there's, um, a lot of finger pointing and blame throwing. And, um, but what I hear from men overwhelmingly is they want deep connection with the woman that they're with. Like there are definitely the players out there that aren't interested, but most of the guys, they deeply desire this and maybe, you know, doing some sort of ritual might seem a bit foreign at first because it's just different and they haven't done it before. Um, but like, it's more of a, a fear of like really going into deep intimacy that I think holds people back because there's so much vulnerability that happens um, especially in these tantric practices that I, I teach men that they can, in the men that I teach, they can do these practices with their partners. And it's like extreme states of vulnerability. And that can be really scary because we've all been hurt and it sucks to get hurt. Um, so just being sensitive to each other and like really loving each other in that place of, of that, that fear of vulnerability, um, and still being willing to to go there together is important. I think that the desire for deep connectedness that you mentioned is very real amongst guys today, but that is a relatively new phenomenon. How do you think we went from such a caveman mentality, which still obviously dominates in a lot of societies, including Western culture, to guys really desiring to go deep? I don't know, I, because I, f- I feel like connection is just a human quality. Well, I mean, it's not just a human quality. I mean, my cat wants to connect with me, <laughs> you know, like we have this desire to bond and to be with another. So that's very much in all of us, um, unless there's been some, you know, severe trauma or abuse that has like shut that down in a person um but i I don't know i mean i don't know for sure that it is a new phenomenon and i think maybe it's a newly accepted thing and i think men and i think it's a newly articulated thing no i don't think it's a new phenomenon as far as it it being a a deep-rooted need but i think that throughout history men have not been able to connect and be vulnerable uh, with their women partners, their wives, primarily throughout history. And so the, the, to have the freedom and the opportunity and the resources like Tantric Activation and Coach Sarah Rose, I think this is one of the why it seems like the floodgates have been open to this type of perspective. Yeah, I mean, what I am teaching as a sex coach, like this is a pretty new thing. And so I definitely battle a lot of misconceptions about what I do on a daily basis. Uh, but it's really a profound experience, you know, and the guys, especially guys in Man on Fire are just, they get so much out of it. And I'm so inspired by these men, like how awesome they are. And I love seeing like the leadership roles that they, they take and the way their lives are changing. And I mean, one, one of the guys, I'm so happy to see the transformation that he's going through. Um, (laughs) He's like, he's, 
he's a, a, a science guy and really highly, highly intelligent. Is his name, uh, is his name Bill Nye? <laughs> I can't. I'm not going to say his name. Bill Nye, the science guy. And I'm gets keeping with, things very generic. That's with Sarah Rose. You heard it here for. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so highly intelligent. He's science guy, uh, science math. Um, and he's really had a hard time connecting with women. Um, and he's been he's been working with me since uh i want to say december uh and he was just telling me the other day just this this week actually about how he was talking with a group of women and some guys came up that are i don't remember how he described them but i think something to the effect of meatheads or something like that so basically they're like you know the the jocks the muscle guys the guys that typically you know are seen as more attractive get the women and the girls they actually already knew this guy these guys um but they were having such a great conversation um with this one that's my client uh and his words were so i basically annihilated that group of guys and the women stayed with me <laughs> Wow. I know. I was so fucking happy. I was like, do you even hear yourself? Like, I literally put it right back on it. You just told me you basically annihilated this group of guys. <laughs> Way to go, Bill Nye, the science guy. Right? Oh, my God. I was so happy. So, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing that happens. You know, you just... I'm helping guys get to know themselves and you have to know yourself in order to really know somebody else. No doubt about it. Well, our first letter in the Ask Professor Sarah mailbag today is perfectly timed. It's from Patrick from Dublin, Ireland. Uh, he says, Dear Professor, my friends think this tantric stuff is for pussies. I know it's great and you, that you are amazing. How can I articulate to them that they should give you a try because it is not for pussies? Well, what I would say is that um, basically they're not deserving <laughs> of working with me. So there. <laughs> I'm not worthy. Yeah, this is what you can do. It, you, Sarah will talk to them if they, if, if they send her a video to tantricactivation.com. If they get down on her hands and knees and says, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> Right. No, but I mean, if if, pa if Patrick is paying attention, which obviously he is, hey, uh, well, Patrick he, is going to be the one getting all the chicks. I was going to say, it's gonna speak for itself. Like he's not going to have to convince his these buddies when he's the one getting the chicks and they're happy in bed, and these guys aren't. So that's like, yes. I, I'm not here to fucking convince anybody. Well, but Patrick, here, but you that, shouldn't be either. No, but that's that's the point. Obviously, if he, if he has any kind of compassion. For, you could just imagine these guys in Ireland, you know, at the pubs and stuff, and he's telling them about tantric, you know, sex. But uh, it'd be like Bill Nye the Science Guy. Just annihilate your goofy buddies with the uh, approach to the, the women that you're learning through uh, Coach Sarah, and uh, you won't have to say a goddamn word about it. That's for sure. How about that? And I will say that... Um I have an Irish lover that I really enjoy, and he Ooh. is um, <laughs> very happy with 
tantric practices. So take that, Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love the Irish whiskey. We love the Irish. Of course we do. We love everybody. Oh my God. My biggest crush of all is Conor McGregor. Like, seriously, that guy, like, I just can't even. When I watched his last fight, I was just wet the entire time. I know you and weren't. <laughs> you weren't really wet, were you? Yeah, I was. Oh my God. I'm so turned on by him. <laughs> love it. I, th love it. <laughs> I think my third son, you know, I have four sons, two daughters. I think my third son has a man crush on Conor McGregor. Because oh, he, na he named my grandson Conor. Oh, well, get this. Conor McGregor and I have the same birthday. So, what was it? Which is when? Uh, July 14th. Wow. It's the same year? I don't know. I'm not sure what, what year if he was it, born. What, so, so, if Conor McGregor showed up at your door and ready to rock and roll, would you be intimidated or would you be excited to show him the world's greatest fellatio deep throating technique? I have never been intimidated by man no matter what his stature is <laughs> all right wait you, you broke in and out of there just just go back to the question would you be intimidated or would you be ready to uh show no, him I, I, I would not be intimidated at all no i've never been i've never like i've been with some super high profile guys and like i've never been intimidated guys whose names we would know yeah like who I'm not saying, and you know that. I know, but I, I listen. Here's here's what when when I'm listening for the listeners, you understand that, right? So when <laughs> co the coach says I've been with some very high profile guys, everybody around the planet is thinking, "Who, Sarah?" So I have to ask the question. You understand that, <laughs> and then that's where you say, I, "You know, I'm not going to tell you." And I and I know that, of course. That's, that's, I will not. There's, and I'm not even going to say this name on the podcast, but there's only one guy that I've been with that I've even talked about, and that's because, like, he was, like, totally cool, and, like, he was, like, posting about it on Instagram and stuff himself. So, like, that's the only one literally ever. And... Ever like I'm super tight-lipped. Other than that, <laughs> well, uh, apparently not tight-lipped in certain situations, but in other situations, very much <laughs> tight-lipped. If you follow my drift, there. <laughs> yeah, the the only name we're ever gonna get is uh, gay uh, uh, Sarah's gay husband Case. The, the, Case. We, we know Case makes her wet. We know he's a great spanker. We know he's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I talk about Om Rapani. Om's amazing. Oh, that's yeah, right. He'll that's, be back that's in February, lovers, yeah. and I'm so excited. I can't wait to see him. The next story. Uh, the next story. The next letter comes from Scott from Columbus, Ohio. He says, "My wife uh, won't give me sex." Unless I go to church with her. I hate church, but love sex. She loves sex too, but makes me go to church out of guilt, and I'm sick of it. What should I tell her? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I just, like, I, I don't know. Sometimes it just, the world we live in is so interesting that we even have to deal with these types of situations. Um, oh, this shit happens so all the time. Where, where women will, whether it be church or another thing, that women will use sex as a weapon. 
This this is just kind of ties into your spiritual question. Um, Not that necessarily going to church is a spiritual thing, but you know what I'm saying. This woman is literally saying, you want to get a blowy tonight? You got to go. And we could call it sex in the pews, if you will, if you you want to. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We could have sex in the pews. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, that's like my uh, my dream uh, Playboy spread is to like have it be set like in a church. That would be so super hot. Um, okay, so <laughs> I got off topic. She won't. She, 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 she won't. She, she won't fuck him unless he, he goes to church with her. Basically, I mean, there's so many people in situations like this, and I just I hate it, honestly. You know, and it's like. What I tell guys is you can only change yourself. You can't change the person you're with. And you can develop yourself. You can learn how to satisfy yourself. You can, you know, do learn these tantric practices. And it's like the stuff that I work with guys in and man on fire is a lot more than just sex. It's like self-acceptance. It's self-love. It's worthiness. It's deservingness. It's safety. It's belonging. Like all these things. And the more you develop this in yourself the less reliant, the less needing you're going to be to have this come from another person. And then they have less control over you. It's this manipulation, you know, it's control tactics and it's fucking bullshit. So, um, you know, but if you're not a hundred percent sovereign in yourself, then you're going to be, you're going to feel, you know, like you have to sway or you have to, you know, do what another person wants you to do. And, so, you know, it just comes down to doing your own internal work, first and foremost. I think that the technique that I recommend to guys or women that are in situations like this, when their partner is really being intolerable and unreasonable, is to seek first to understand in order to be understood. And the technique behind that philosophy is to ask questions. And the reason why it's the most effective communication technique I have ever learned and, and, and have coached. The reason it's so powerful is because we all have opinions. And the asking of questions is soliciting the other person's opinion, which prepares their the soil of their soul, the soil of their brain, if you will, to for you to lay the seeds in there in a much more fertile way to get you to them to understand where you are. For example, here you go, Scott. How about this for a question? Hey, honey, have you ever been put in a position where you wanted to have something occur but you were asked or forced to do something that you didn't want to do and of course everybody's been in that position how did that make you feel there's another question and then finally it, it, you could this is one, one of the most powerful ones in the series on how to seek first to understand in order to be understood if you were me and you were in this situation how would you feel and what would you do See, when you ask questions of the person that you're having conflict with, especially, you're going to find out information from them that you would never have known because you're actually asking. You're, you're, you're honestly and sincerely wanting to seek first to understand. So, for example, maybe, who knows, Scott's wife may have been told by her parents or by her mom not to give sex to Scott, her husband, unless he goes to church. And that's how she was raised. That was one of their uh, tantric uh, techniques, anti-tantric techniques. You don't know. 
You don't know. And so ask the people that you're having this kind of bullshit with to put themselves in your shoes. How about that, Coach? Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. I mean, if you can get them to communicate uh, more power to you, it's just like unfortunate. I hear from guys so often that the women that they're with won't communicate with them. Like they want to talk about sex and they just shut down or, you know, say they're busy or, you know, put it off on them. Like, Oh, are you wanting to talk about sex again? Is it the sex thing again? You know? And like, they just are made to feel like they're a bother, you know, and that's not cool. So, um, you know, I find that men who, are like really turned on they're just very they're someone that is attractive and people are going to find them attractive and so if you want your wife to find to be attracted to you develop yourself develop your sexuality generate sexual energy in yourself become more confident become more sovereign and that's a more attractive person and then no guarantees but often women will then see that transformation that's happening and become you know really attracted to the guy that they're with again if you know maybe that has kind of waned over time that's good stuff uh you can ask the professor any question you want send your questions to hello at tantricactivation.com and we, we handle two or three questions in the ask professor sarah mailbag segment each week that email address, again, is just simply hello at tantricactivation.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to play our favorite game here on Sex and the Sarah Rose Story. It's Cards for Humanity. Let's talk about sex. This is Sarah's friend, uh, Aaron Hickok, who came up with this game. This is the, uh, the spiritual woo-woo. <laughs> Answers and cards against humanity, <laughs> and so there's different cards. Ex explain to the folks if if they haven't heard uh, our, our this game yet and, and how we play. How this yes, works. so it's um the way Aaron developed it was like there's seven chakras, and so each card has a different color and it's associated with a different chakra. The way she um, created like the questions, and but they're all about sex, so. Um, yeah, I I think they're just a lot of fun, and it's a good way of opening up communication no when it comes to sex. You can check out Cards for Humanity online and um, get them. And, you know, if you have a, maybe it's a good way to open up communication with your spouse or your partner. Scott, you uh, should you should definitely sex. get you should definitely get these for your wife, Scott. They're, 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 and play and play it with your wife. There's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I well, I hope he's, he's I hope said. that more couples will start to to do things like this. You know, like let sex be more fun. Like sex, like why the fuck would you withhold sex? <laughs> well, but there, you know why out of you know why out of control. I know, you I know, know why. why. I, I know, know all the reasons and like all the stuff that's there. But the good and, news, fellas, is that this is workable. Because there's a role to play, and you just have to have happen to have an expert uh, as your guide through this, whether it be through sex styling training or Man on Fire or uh, the podcast or one-on-one -on -one training or whatever the fuck. Th this is doable for you. 
your wife or your girlfriend wants to have sex. There's there's a part of her that wants to have intimacy and and, and wonderful experience. So just stay logged on and, and get Aaron Hickok's uh, cards for humanity and play the game that is taking over the world called Let's Talk About Sex. This is a green card. What chakra is the green card? That is associated with the heart chakra. Okay, so... Uh, th- this is, it does have something to do with sex. They all do, but, uh, it simply says to me, so to Sarah Rose, intimacy is blank. Uh, intimacy is vulnerability. You cut out there for a second. What did you say? Intimacy is vulnerability and it's honesty. It's like really letting somebody know who I am. In a very vulnerable way, yeah. How about you? Intimacy to me is to be able to tell another person, to be intimate enough with the other person to be able to tell them anything. Yeah. And then not pulling back. Mm-hmm. Then, then, then there's true intimacy there. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think that honesty is always the best policy? No, absolutely not. <laughs> and actually, Esther Perel talks about this, and I think uh, she's right on the money with it. Like, looking at the consequences of the honesty, um, the possible, the different possible outcomes, and weighing the cost-benefit analysis of it. Like, for example, guys, you never, if, if something is looking, uh, if a woman is looking fat in something, and she says, does this make me look fat? and it does, lie like a motherfucker. There is no upside in telling a woman that she, that clothes that she bought, that she put on her body, that she's asking you if she looks fat. There is zero upside in telling her that she looks fat, to be honest about that. There's just, it, there's no upside. You're going to end up, it's, it's going to be a horrible night if you say yes. <laughs> right, and also if you look at... Um I can't remember exactly what the the numbers or the percentages are, but it takes something like five positives for every one negative oh, yeah, that you right. receive. Mm-hmm. And so they've actually done studies on couples that li- that are in long term relationships and how they have been able to maintain a healthy relationship long term. And it is it is not. It's not having those brutally honest conversations. It's about keeping it's a it's about keeping the negativity out of the relationship because that negativity just it ba- basically just like eats at it. It wears you down, and it takes a lot more positivity to make up for any negativity that's brought into the relationship. So you just said that intimacy to you is honesty, but f- pay attention, fellas. Or ladies, for that matter, you can apply this either way. Your girlfriend or your wife says, "Does do these jeans make my ass look fat?" And they do. You 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 are most likely with her because you do love her and you do think she's amazing and that she looks amazing. Perhaps those jeans at this moment do not. You can be honest with her without being negative. You can just say, "Honey, you look amazing." And. And all is good in the world. Right. <laughs> and, she, and, and by the way, undoubtedly, she does look amazing 
compared to the vast majority of people or you wouldn't be with her. So that's honest. You're just <laughs> not being hurtful in your honesty. And that's and, and and ultimately, what is your goal? Is your goal to have a wonderful, loving flow in your relationship, or is it to make a point to piss her off? Because <laughs> it will, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, you know, and too too many negative strikes, and you're out. Yeah, that's you a know, very just, good point. Well, go yeah. to uh, tantricactivation.com. You can sign up for the Man on Fire and the Sex Stallion training there. Pussyology. And uh, contact Sarah at hello at tantricactivation.com. We want you to go to uh, the uh, podcast platform on Apple and uh, smash that subscribe button. That's sex and the Sarah Rose story. And uh, if you could write a review, that would be grand. Uh, that five-star review is great. But if you can write a written review, that helps the cause a lot. But most importantly, Sarah, we, we want everybody to tell everybody about sex and the Sarah Rose story. Well, of course we do. What else would we want them talking about? <laughs> and that's sex. Sarah Rose's story. And she is sticking to it. <laughs>